and welcome back to Grit. I'm Gamble, the only podcast that puts its money where its mouth is. I'm your host, Rich Ryan, and I'm joined by two members of the collective, Bert Minotti, Brett Colson, and Donnie D.P. Peters, the resident moose himself, Mo Nuwara, went on a heater last night, evidently, playing some pokers somewhere in middle America, and he escaped some random basement, whether it have been in Wisconsin or in Gary, Indiana, I believe he said he was, beautiful Gary, Indiana, and Mo is sleeping currently, which he deserves to after a long 14-hour session, but we're not sleeping. It is rise and grind here on the Gridiron Gamble DFS podcast. It's a DFS Thursday. We're going to get you ready for DraftKings, sprinkling some season-long advice, perhaps, and we're going to get things rolling. Hope you guys checked out the website. We've got the Week 7 Super Contest lines up there, so if you want to get your entry in, you can peep the lines there. We also have the Moose of the Week from Mo, four downs coming, and if you want to listen to our recap, we did that on Tuesday, so please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast feed. You'll get everything delivered right to you. Brett is back. Thank God Brett is back for a DFS Thursday. Brett, we missed you tremendously. What do you mean? You guys killed it last week. I guess we did. DP, collective method again. You won money? Yes, this is a true thing. Uh, I did win money again, uh, doubled the money that I put in. Um, we hit on 15 of 57 of our picks, anyone that we mentioned in uh, week six of the podcast, and also because uh, Brett wasn't on the podcast uh, with his week six uh, entries to four downs, uh, his two thoughts there. Um, and two of our entries, uh, you know, if you took all the players and pulled a bunch of different names, put them together in the best uh, optimal way, uh, two hundred two two hundred and forty point uh, lineup. So that would have won you a fair bit of money. I'm guessing if you ended up doing that. Hopefully you did. And w- what is your success? I, I've seen three x, four x, five x salary thrown around. What is your success metric that you're using? Uh, your points score three point five times salary. So for example, kitties. If your salary was a thousand dollars, you would need to score three point five points. Correct. That is correct, yeah. Yes, math. See, you guys always get worried about when I tally our aggregate totals for the Super Contest, but I'm, you know, I'm a bit of a math whiz over here. Who was $1,000 on DraftKings? Play that guy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Regardless of matchup, get him in there. There was a guy on Fandle last year that was $0. Oh, no. They, told, they, screwed up, they, screwed, they screwed up his salary, and I, I had to play him, even though he played like three <laughs> snaps the entire season. Because you just have to play the guy that's free, right? Even though he played right tackle for <laughs> for the uh, Washington Generals football team. Uh, every week, the first thing we look at is the implied team totals. This gives us a snapshot into how many points some of the highest performing teams might score this weekend, and then maybe we should build our fantasy teams around the players in those matchups. The highest team total, implied team total, on the board right now, the New England Patriots, they're projected to score 29.5 points as 3.5-point favorites at home against the Falcons. Unfortunately, you will only get to use them if you're using playing in one of the night games because uh, DraftKings has removed Sunday night football. The next highest, again, another bummer, is Monday Night Football. It's the Philadelphia Eagles. They're projected to score 26.75 points at home against the Washington Racial Slurs. 
And then it's Drew Brees and the Saints, big road favorites against the Packers. They're laying six on the road at Lambeau, and they're projected. Whoa. Yeah, <laughs> ridiculous line. They're projected to score 26.5 points. I'll give you two more teams playing on the main Sunday slate uh, that rank in the top six because the Falcons are fourth uh, at 26.5. We got two teams at 26, both of them also road favorites, the Titans and the Cowboys laying points on the road against the Browns and Niners, respectfully. Uh, So it is the Eagles... The Saints, or sorry, the Saints, Titans, and Cowboys on the main slate. And then if you're playing the night slate, uh, everybody and their mother on Sunday Night Football between the Patriots and Falcons, and then the Eagles on Monday Night Football. Let's get to some stacks. Brett, you're back. Come with it. Come strong. What stacks are you looking at for Week 7? Well, I'm going to start with Brett Hundley and the Packers, even though I haven't yet I haven't yet decided how I'm going to stack this team yet, but most of my quarterback exposure this week is going to go to the new Packers quarterback. I've always been a big fan of Brett Hundley. He's a tremendous athlete. He can make plays in a multitude of ways, and the Packers, they're going to tailor the game plan to him this week. That means probably a much simpler offense, less adjustment making at the line of scrimmage. We know Rodgers is the GOAT at making calls at the line. Uh, We'll see a lot of that this week. I think we'll see a lot of the zone read worked in with Hundley this week. They used a lot of that in the preseason, and he went out and ran for two touchdowns in the preseason. Uh, I'm perfectly fine running a naked Brett Hundley out this week because he's not a quarterback that relies on a lot of passing volume. So you don't need to maximize upside by pairing him with a lot of wide receivers. But I like the other side of this game as well. I think there's going to be a lot of points here for the Packers and Saints. So I'm going to be running out game stacks with Brett Hundley, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara. Let's not forget how bad this Packers secondary is, and they're dealing with some injuries back there as well now. So I'm going to have a lot of exposure to this game. If you are going to stack Hundley, which I will do a little bit, I like Randall Cobb out of the slot. Uh, He has the best matchup of the three wideouts for Green Bay. And and Mike McCarthy likes to use Cobb in a uh, a variety of ways. I think we may see some added usage from him. Uh, maybe even in the running game to relieve some of the pressure off Hunley this week. So um, all about Brett Hunley. He is only 5,100 on DraftKings. Outside of that, there's a running back defense stack I like quite a bit this week. I'll get into that a bit later. Uh, but to be honest, it, it's it's all Hunley quarterback for me this week. Yeah, you said uh, in jest you might have 100% Hunley. This yeah, week. no, I'm, I'm dead. I, it's going to be probably close to like 80% Hunley <laughs> for me this week. I, I love this spot for him against the Saints. And... Uh, I mean, at UCLA, he was a terrific athlete uh, from from what I've heard, from what I've read about this week. So, I mean, of course, Rodgers gave you that upside in rushing when the play broke down. He's super athletic. He can get you a couple rushing yards and pad your stats that way. But Hunley may have that a little bit more. And since Hunley isn't the thrower that Rodgers is, he might uh, commit to running a little bit more earlier in the play as opposed to Rodgers who freelanced a little bit and allowed his receivers to work open. So that's definitely a nice little bonus from Hunley. DP, what kind of stacks are you looking at for this week? Uh, I put down two. Uh, I was going to put down a third and it was going to be Brett Hunley, but I knew that Brett was going to pick Brett. um, Therefore, I left it off. So uh, thank you for filling in on that. Uh, First one I'm looking at, Jacksonville Jaguars passing attack. 
You got Blake Bortles, Marquise Lee, Alan Hearns are the three guys mostly that I'm focusing on. So I think this is a great spot for Jacksonville uh, in their passing game. It does come with a little, uh, a few conditional elements, uh, I should say. So my top stack would be Bortles and Lee, um, 4,700 and 4,300 respectively. But you have to monitor uh, Lee's knee injury. Uh, he didn't practice on Wednesday. Um, it's He should be good to go come Sunday, but it's worth monitoring if he's hurt. I would put in Alan Hearns, Rich's favorite player. Um, but, you know, Hearns just always seems to produce when called upon, even though I think the general consensus on this podcast is that he's not good at all, <laughs> good at football. Um, I'd also monitor Leonard Fournette. Uh, you know, he hurt his knee or his ankle uh, last Sunday. He was cleared to play and come back in, but they kept him out anyway. Um, they held him out of practice uh, Wednesday. The reports were saying that it was more, you know, just a precautionary measure, uh, not too much to deal with, but because of the targets that he would get, or even just the run share that he would get, which would take away from the passing game. Um, I would just monitor that as well in terms of how much exposure I'm going to have. Uh, the Colts, they're a bad defense. Um, I mean, we all saw them on Monday night, what they did to us, the collective in the super contest. So uh, yeah, I mean, this, um, you know, this passing attack against Bortles, who loves to just throw it all over the place, I think has a ton of upside. And then also I'd look at uh, Tyrod Taylor and LaShawn McCoy. Um, really, McCoy is the only option uh, for in the passing game for Buffalo. And uh, I think that the Bills coming off a bye at home against the Bucks, where Tampa Bay is ranked 31 or in past events DVOA and 22nd in DVOA against running back specifically. I think it's a good spot for for Tyrod and LaShawn. Yeah, you guys both mentioned two of my naked quarterbacks in Hunley and Tyrod. Uh, the Bucks have just been pretty horrendous on the defensive side of the ball. And I misspoke on a recap podcast. Uh, earlier this week, uh, Quan Alexander did not play in that game against Arizona. It was just Levante David uh, that was playing at linebacker. They're 31st in in defense DVOA, 31st against the pass. But with Clay out, Watkins across the country, Jordan Matthews maybe playing, not sure. Zay Jones not really trustable. Nick O'Leary, <laughs> uh, can we click something, Nick O'Leary? Can we do that, Brett? No. <laughs> I think it all adds up to running out some naked Tyrod in your lineups. Uh, and Hunley as well. I mean, I, I guess I, I don't hate stacking Hunley with your usual suspects in Jordy, in Devontae. But I'm okay with rolling out a, a naked Hunley as well. So I, I like both of those calls. Fun note on Hunley. Uh, the, he played the Saints in preseason three years ago and threw for four touchdowns in one half of football. Wow. Well, there you go. Just a fun anecdote. It has nothing to do with this game. Oh, it has everything to do with this game. <laughs> You've immediately gone up to 85% exposure on Hundley after reading that stat. My stack, you know I like to get weird. Uh, and it's not because one of our followers, Mike Swarovski, is a diehard Iowa fan. Uh, and I'm not even going to stack the quarterback and the tight end in this situation. The two Iowa players, first-year players, uh, I'm not going to stack uh, C.J. Beathard and George Kittle. Uh, I prefer adding in some of the, the deep receivers on San Francisco against Dallas. Uh, Marquise Goodwin, despite being sidelined with some injuries, despite fighting that concussion, he still has seven targets on passes that travel 20 yards or more and the ball's being spread around so both Aldrick Robinson and Pierre Garçon both have six targets 
uh, on deep passes, according to Pro Football Focus. So they're all running yards. They're all uh, playing tough. I mean, I think Pierre is obviously the most dependable of the receiver core. I mean, that catch last week when they were trying to get down the field and uh, get into field goal position was absurd against Washington. Uh, Pierre did not practice uh, earlier this week, but it was a non-injury DNP, so don't worry about that. Uh, and I think this is a really good spot. I know Sean Lee's back. I know Dallas is coming off of a bye, but even with the addition of Sean Lee, uh, Dallas 30th in defense DVOA, 23rd against the pass, and Donnie's favorite stack I think is certainly in play here, the old quarterback running back stack, uh, because Dallas is 32nd in rush defense DVOA and 32nd in defending the running back coming out of the backfield. Again, I think that has a lot to do with Sean Lee's injury, so I think they'll come back a little closer to the mean, uh, but I still don't think they have the resources on the defensive side of the ball to cover the back as efficiently as they should, uh, which makes Carlos Hyde a very interesting play. He found the end zone twice. Granted, it was pretty lucky that they got the ball in those situations. Ball fumbled at the one. He gets to dive in, but uh, I think my favorite stack is that uh, C.J., Carlos Hyde stack out of San Francisco, but if you want to go real contrarian, I could see firing an Aldrick Robinson uh, or a Marquise Goodwin as well. Let's get naked. Standalone quarterbacks. DP, do you have any plays that you will just stick the quarterback in, set it, and forget it? Uh, yeah, I have two. Um, one of them I already talked about. That's Tyrod Taylor. I think you can also play him as a naked QB this week. Um, the other one is, it's an interesting one to me. So, I mean, I'll let you guys kind of weigh in with my thought process here. It's Drew Brees. Um, he's 7,600. He's at the top of the salary chart. Um, so if you're looking at the salary chart on DraftKings, right below him is Dak Prescott, $300 cheaper. He's playing against San Francisco's bad passing defense that has a nice green 30 next to it. Um, for the rank so people may choose to click on that name as opposed to drew Brees. um you know save a little bit of money there and then uh, a couple spots below you have marcus Mariota at 6900 um, which is 700 cheaper than drew Brees against the 25th pass rank defense on DraftKings. so it could be a spot where you see people move away from breeze uh, because of ownership and despite all the points last week drew Brees didn't exactly go nuts uh, in in the fantasy world so, and then just in regards to not stacking him, um, if you look at uh, last week, so Drew Brees targeted seven different players three times or more. Um, so the ball, you know, it goes everywhere. Uh, it's it's that New Orleans passing offense, get it out, get it quick, spread it all over the field, spray and pray, put up a lot of points. So I'm not really comfortable stacking him with with any one specific uh, person. So I think just some Drew Brees naked by himself is, is a good play this week. Yeah, that's uh, that was one of the strangest box scores of all time. I mean, you, you get this Big 12 score, and you go to look at the box score, and Brees <laughs> and Stafford don't really do anything outside of yards. Stafford put together a bunch of yards, a bunch of empty calories, but nothing, no huge results there from either of those players. Totally, totally bizarre box score. Brett, any standalone quarterbacks for you to report? Well, I've only got like 15% exposure left to use, yeah, but right. I'll work I'll work in some mobile quarterbacks. Uh, you guys mentioned Tyrod Taylor. He's definitely in play this week against his putrid Bucks defense. Uh, I'll be streaming him in season long this week, and he's definitely viable in DFS. And then Deshaun Kaiser? Like, he might get benched in the second quarter, but this matchup is too sweet to completely overlook him in a big tournament. Nobody's going to play this guy. He's only 4,900. 
The Titans are pitiful on defense. And Kaiser's at home. So if I'm making 20 lineups, I'll probably throw Kaiser into one just in case he goes off. The Kaiser train is back. That Titans defense is horrifying. (laughs) Horrifying. I mean, something Jack Doyle just scampering around. Granted, he did just drop the ball on the ground at a crucial time in the game and give it back to Tennessee, but they couldn't cover something Jack Doyle. It's they're they are not a good team, Tennessee, and I'm still sour about that <laughs> that failed cover. So let's keep it moving. Let's keep it positive. Let's get to the running backs. Brett, any 85 percent exposure still? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to be spreading my running back exposure around. It's, it's going to start with Carlos Hyde for 5900. As Rich mentioned, Dallas dead last in the NFL in defense DVOA against running backs in the passing game. Hyde. After falling into what was reported as a hot hand situation in week five when Matt Breda was scooping up touches, Hyde got 56 snaps last week. Breda only 17. Hyde is the feature back in this offense. He had six targets in the passing game last week. That's the fourth time he's had six targets this season. Uh, And I expect that to continue with C.J. Brethard, the rookie under center, uh, against this terrible Cowboys defense. Hyde should eat. And I don't think he'll be any higher than like 10, maybe 12% in GPPs because of the looming concerns about his snap rate. So I love Carlos Hyde. Uh, And then Jay Ajayi at 6,200, 51 carries over the past two weeks in victories for Ajayi, who comes in with the Dolphins favored by three against the Jets this week. So another promising script for Ajayi against the Jets defense that ranks 25th in defense DVOA against the run. And I, I don't expect his ownership to be all that high either because of the stinker he put up against the Jets in week three. A lot of people played him. He was Ajayi was 20% owned in the Millionaire Maker against the Jets, and he was 7,700. Now he's at home. He's only 6,200. His ownership will be lower than it was the first time these two teams played. Great spot for Jay Ajayi. And uh, if I'm going to pair Deshaun Kaiser, I'm going to look at Duke Johnson. At 5,100, yet another negative game script for the Browns that should benefit Duke. And he gets his preferred quarterback back into Sean Kaiser. Uh, Johnson leads the team in targets when Kaiser's on the field by a decent margin. Uh, His price dropped this week, even though he's at home in a better matchup. Great spot for Duke Johnson in GPPs. DP, give us some RBs. I mean, this is going to be kind of boring. Uh, I mean, Carlos (laughs) Hyde was my number one uh, for all the reasons that Brett said. Uh, I also love Duke Johnson. He was my number two. Uh, My number three is going back to what I said earlier uh, with with LaShawn McCoy. If you guys can believe it, LaShawn McCoy hasn't scored a touchdown yet this year, which to me. He he was certainly, he was a good guy, and it's too late now, to buy during the bye week. When when a team needed a win, they started off slow, and maybe you could snipe McCoy because, yes, touchdown regression is for sure coming for LaShawn. Yeah, so I would I would look at LaShawn McCoy, and then I want to look at uh, Aaron Jones and Ty Montgomery a little bit, just knowing that there is a uh, seemingly rookie quarterback uh, getting his first NFL start um, uh, in Brett Hundley for the Packers, and the Saints are 24th in rush defense DVOA. So, you know, I'll have some exposure, not a ton, to both Aaron Jones and Ty Montgomery. Ty Montgomery, I'd be looking for more of a pass-catching option. Uh, more versatile in that regard, and then Aaron Jones, just more of that that pure runner role. I'm going to give a player who is not going to get anybody excited. In fact, if you played him 
last week in the night slate in a great matchup, you would be supremely disappointed in the results. But I think he has a great matchup this week, and that's C.J. Anderson against the Chargers. I mean, the Chargers are out here turning uh, no-name running backs into stars. We saw Orleans Darkwa go off against them. We saw the corpse of Marshawn Lynch get 4.8 yards per carry against them last week, but for some reason Oakland refused to just keep running the ball despite uh, L.A.'s inequities up front. Uh, Chargers 28th in rush defense DVOA, uh, and we saw week one uh, C.J. Anderson 8 against uh, this not-so-good-at-stopping-the-run front seven. Our boy Jatavis Brown out here. <laughs> getting juked out of his socks. So I think it's a good bounce back spot for CJA. And I don't think anybody, anybody is going to click that 7,200. Nobody wants to swallow that price amount. Uh, And I think it's a good opportunity to be contrarian. I mean, I can't imagine the labs having CJ Anderson anything higher than like 5%, Brett. He is at 2 to 4%, and I think that is being generous. Nobody's going to click on him. And you're right. It is a great spot because the Chargers are so bad at defending the run. Yeah, and Trevor Simeon coming off of a horrifying game. The OC might want to protect the team a little bit. Manny Sanders is out for this contest. Get the ball. Keep it on the ground. They're going to sprinkle in some Jamal. They're going to sprinkle in some Devontae Booker. Don't worry about it. Uh, CJA will get his, and hopefully he can turn it into a big game. And if you are playing that night slate, if you are interested in getting a piece of that New England-Atlanta game, which, let's be honest, it's hard not to want to get in some action on that game, I don't know how you avoid James White. We watched him in the Super Bowl completely dominate uh, this Falcons team coming out of the backfield, and he remains the pass-catching back on the Patriots. Everybody talked about Deion Lewis this week after his performance against the Jets, and rightfully so. He looked like a good runner, but a good runner. He did not catch the ball out of the backfield. Uh, Thus far, Brady has targeted running backs on the Patriots 56 times. 38 of those targets have been to James White. Uh, He is getting 1.6 yards per route run, and he's run... 153 routes next closest receiver is Deion Lewis at 44 so I think James White could be an absolute PPR monster in this game Uh, Atlanta is 22nd defending the pass and I believe 31st let me get this correct where is ATL Uh, no they've actually been better this year 18th defending the running back out of the backfield Uh, but I just think it's it's a prime matchup for the Patriots and it's what they want to do they want to get the ball to their guys in space. I think you might want to get some exposure to James White. Wide receivers, DP, lead us off. First up, Pierre Garçon, 5,800. The targets remain there for Garçon, and this week he gets a bad Dallas pass defense in a game that predicts them to have to score in order to uh, stay. You know, they're going to be trailing and play catch-up, it looks like. Um, So I'd be looking at Pierre Garçon. Uh, I want to look at uh, Cooper Cup and or Sammy Watkins. Um... Cooper Cup's 4,600. Sammy Watkins is 4,400. They're cheap. They've both had a couple horrible fantasy weeks in a row that can turn people off from them. And they're playing against an Arizona pass defense uh, that ranks 24th in pass defense DVOA. Now I know we have to monitor the whole Patrick Peterson situation um, in terms of who he's going to be matching up with uh, because he does tend to shut people down. So do keep an eye on that. And then third, uh, going back to Moe's well on Ricardo Lewis this week. 
Um, he's playing a bad Titans defense. Uh, you know, it's a bit of a punt play, but I think that there's some decent upside, you know, if it does hit. Uh, Lewis has averaged 7.5 targets a week over the past four weeks, so we could see a nice little uh, a nice little game out of him this Sunday. Bert Minotti, what you got? Well, DP mentioned Cooper Cup and Sammy Watkins. I like the other receiver in this offense, the cash game specialist, Robert Woods. He's only 4,000, even though he's averaging six-plus targets per game so far this year. This is a fantastic spot against a Cardinals defense that funnels targets away from Patrick Peterson. And I think Pat Pete likely to shadow Sammy Watkins this week. So Woods should see even more targets. Uh, Woods started the year at 4,000. His price hasn't gone up. Very confusing. So keep plugging him into cash game lineups. And if you need a punt play in GPPs, why not? I mean, the guy could score a touchdown uh, against a Cardinals, a very suspect Cardinals secondary outside of Patrick Peterson. Um, if I'm paying up at wide receiver this week, which I plan on doing because I will have all the Brett Hundley, I like Mike Evans. And, and I kind of like this if Ryan Fitzpatrick starts. Fitz has always been a DFS darling for me. The guy just goes out and flings it. And he goes into this game with a very unique familiarity with this Buffalo Stadium having played there for four years. So I, I don't mind playing Fitzpatrick on the road in this spot. Uh, Mike Evans should see a lot of Trey White on Sunday. White, a rookie, he's been pretty solid this year, but got torched by an elite corner two weeks ago. That was A.J. Green. Uh, Green just went off against this kid. Another mismatch here for Evans. Uh, I think he should be able to exploit White. And I think I don't, I don't think a lot of people are going to land on Evans in DFS this week because of the quarterback situation and the matchup against the Bills, who currently ranked second in defense DVOA. And staying in that game, I like whoever plays in the slot for the Bills this week. We don't know who it's going to be yet. Jordan Matthews recovering quickly from thumb surgery. He's day-to-day after that procedure. If he plays, I think you have to give him a look. He's only 3,700 on DraftKings. The ball has to go somewhere in this offense. And uh, as we've talked about at length already in this show, the Bucs are terrible against the pass. 31st in defense DVOA. And I guess wide receivers out of the slot. Robert McClain is one of the absolute worst slot corners in the NFL. I think the Bucks, or I think the Bills look to exploit that weakness. And if Matthew sits, give a look to Brandon Tate. Played 34 snaps against the Bengals in week five. Uh, two catches, one for a touchdown. Uh, no Charles Clay. Zay Jones is not trustworthy. So maybe uh, a few extra targets get thrown towards Tate if Matthews does sit. I'm going to keep with that DGAF narrative in Orchard Park, and that's why I kind of like Deshaun uh, Jackson this week for the Buccaneers. Deshaun Jackson tied for first in the league in deep targets, 16 with Antonio Brown. According to PFF, five of those passes from Jameis have been catchable. Deshaun's hauled in all five for 131 yards and a touchdown. It doesn't. He's the ageless wonder when it comes to stretching the field. I don't know how he keeps doing it. Uh, and with Fitz's DGAF qualities, I mean, I can totally see for the same reasons that you like Mike Evans making a couple plays that Ryan's just going to take chances that other quarterbacks <laughs> refuse to take. And if it's going to be uh, somebody that I think is going to catch the deep ball or more likely to run the deep route, I think it might be DJAX in this matchup. Uh, but I like playing Evans for all the same reasons as well. Uh, Fitzy just likes to, uh, to take some weird shots and, uh, the Browns, the Browns have been just horrifying on defense, horrifying covering any warm bodies that are running routes. They're 32nd in the NFL in past defense DVOA, but who do you click on Tennessee? Is it Eric Decker? 
nine targets last week, caught seven of them for 88 yards, did his usual Decker things working down the seam. Uh, we're still looking at some injuries there from the uh, from the first round pick. Uh, I'm blanking on the name. Corey something something Corey Davis. Davis. Uh, Corey Davis. Uh, Taewon Taylor still adjusting. He did catch the deep ball, but he's not an every down player yet for the Titans. Rashard Matthews, your your standard veteran. So I'm kind of interested in Decker, and he's pretty much free at 4,300 on DK. He's the consummate pro, consummate veteran. And if he starts working those seam routes, I mean, uh, he's always been a, a touchdown monster as well. We just haven't seen him work in the red zone with the Titans as much as he did with the Jets and Broncos. So I'm interested in Decker at his $4,300 price tag, especially against those horrific Cleveland Browns. Yeah, Decker's going to be popular, but it's so hard to avoid him, especially in cash, because he does have, I mean, the, the nine targets last week, he had six the week before that. So at 40, 4,300 or 4,200, 4,300, I mean, it's just, it's great value for that guy. Let's move to tight end. I failed to play the Sounder last week. We can't play it this week because he's playing the Sunday night game, but Gronk, of course, goes off against the Jets. Uh, apologies for not playing the Sounder. But let's keep it at the tight end position. We've got our targets. We know the teams to target. Brett, are you targeting one of our special teams that we <laughs> pick on every week? Um, A little bit, yeah. I mean, tight end kind of sucks this week on that DraftKings main slate. You got no Gronk, no Ertz, no Kelsey, not included. Uh, I think you will definitely see some people gravitate toward Delaney Walker against yep. the Browns. And weirdly, that C.J. Beathard, Beathard, George Kittle, Iowa narrative is picking up steam. A lot of touts talking about that. My guy this week is Kyle Rudolph against the Ravens. Yep. Uh, another well, that's bad one, team. That's one of the teams. <laughs> the Ravens are one of the teams. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Baltimore has been terrible against tight ends this season. They're dead last in DVOA against the position. Rudolph, he's been seeing a lot of targets over the last two weeks. Uh, Case Keenum, 18 targets. He turned those into 11 catches, 92 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, look for Rudolph to see double-digit tar- targets this week. they got to move the ball somehow against this Ravens defense. I think uh, they use Rudolph. And then... ASJ is almost an autoplay at this point. 58 snaps last week, 11 targets. He has 29 targets in four games this season. If there is a silver lining from that touchdown that was taken away last week, it means we can probably get him at slightly lower ownership because those those box score watchers in DFS won't auto-click his name with that massive box score that, that would have happened if they did give him that touchdown. Uh, so, th- I mean, look, this is a great matchup for ASJ against some mediocre coverage linebackers for the Dolphins, and, ah, man, he's going to be in a lot of my lineups. It's, it's mostly going to be uh, ASJ and Rudolph for me this week. It's so fun to have a tight end on your team. Again, I mentioned this in the recap podcast, something that us Jets fans have not experienced since Anthony Becht, I guess, maybe. Really fun to have a guy that athletic, that big, catching passes uh, against the defense. DP, where are you going to tight end? I also had Rudolph on my list, um, so I'll skip over him. I do want to say that uh, one of my tight ends is Jimmy Graham, and I forgot to mention uh, a stack earlier, Jimmy Graham and Russell Wilson. I like that this week. Uh, In terms of Jimmy Graham, uh, he's playing against this Giants defense, which is not good at all against tight ends. Uh, They gave up 18 points to Cameron Brait, 13 points to Hunter Henry, uh, another 18 to both Zach Ertz and Jason Witten, and then 15 points to Eric Ebron. So I'm going to be looking uh, at Jimmy Graham against this Giants defense that is 20th in DVOA against tight ends. And then uh, 
Also, Hunter Henry, Brett's guy, 4,200. Broncos are 30th in DVOA against tight ends. I think that he can uh, see a lot of volume this week and also eat a bit in terms of DraftKings points. Yeah, Henry is a great call. That Denver defense, you think of it and you're like, ooh, I don't want to pick a pass catcher against Denver, but they funnel all of the targets to the middle of the field because their exterior cornerbacks are so damn good. Uh, So they're okay with giving up you know, whatever, this five-yard pass to tight ends because they know that you're not going to get the deep play outside. I, I, Brett, you said you don't like the slate. I, I just think tight end, you don't get cute. You target the Browns, Giants, Ravens, Broncos, uh, or the Cowboys. One of those five teams. Every week, you just target them. So I'm cool with, depending on your roster construction, your salary construction, with any of Walker, Graham, uh, Henry, Rudolph, Kittle. I don't think you could go wrong with any of those five guys. Let me just clarify. I, I the, the the position sucks this week because Gronk, Ertz, Kelsey aren't going to drive up ownership. So uh, we're going to get our sense. guys at a little higher ownership. That than makes I would total like. sense. Cause, yeah, yeah. Because I, I do love I love ASJ and Rudolph this week, and I do love Hunter Hunter Henry too. It's a great spot for him. Yeah. So that that's that's really what what I meant by tight end kind of sucks. Yeah. Just don't get cute, guys. Literally every week, just target one of those four or five teams, and I I promise you'll be okay. This has been, for somebody who streams in season long, this has been one of the best tight end streaming seasons possible because there are so many good matchups against uh, for tight ends. It's It's been phenomenal. Uh, defense, special teams, let's finish strong. DP, who you got? Uh, I always like to look at the bottom of the salary charts uh one of the teams i'm seeing you know towards the bottom not exactly at the bottom the los angeles rams 2600 uh carson palmer is going back on the road and you have a stubborn coach in bruce arians who decided to in my opinion i think in the opinion of this podcast overuse adrian peterson in his first game with the team and adrian peterson is over the hill and totally done so i think that bruce could get a bit stubborn and still try and use peterson too much uh, which plays into the hands um, of that Rams defense. And then, uh, you know, I mean, Brett, or sorry, Rich, you talk about it all the time. Uh, Carson Palmer's Jay Cutler with a new haircut. So he could be hucking up some picks. Uh, you know, it smells like a total dud for the Cardinals after after their game um, that they came back, uh, you know, in terms of a week-to-week basis and looked decent last week. Uh, Rams at 2,600 looks great. And then also uh, Minnesota Vikings, a little bit higher price at 3,300. Ravens offense on the road in Minnesota. I mean, that just, that smells really bad um i mean where do, where do i sign up uh, ravens 24th in <laughs> offense dvoa they're only scoring 19 points a game joe flacco's thrown eight picks this year in three games he's thrown two picks so um i think that that's really good and the vikings have what six or seven interceptions themselves on the defensive side of the ball so um i like the the turnover matchup there specifically and hopefully those turnovers lead to some points for the defense for the vikings so you went back to the well in a matchup you picked last week you picked against the ravens with your dst but i thought you were going to go back to the well with the team that you picked when you said at the beginning you're looking at the bottom so i'm kind of interested in the bears again at 2200 i mean this defense is frisky and it's not like cam is uh uh he's allergic to throwing horrific passes we we've seen cam sail some so i'm 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 intrigued at the bears at 2200 i think they uh they might be able to do some things uh, and they're just free at 2200 they did it they had a great performance last week against the ravens albeit flacco but flacco at home so interesting performance there for the Bears. So let's go to 
Let's go to Burt Minotti now. What kind of defense are you looking at? Yeah, I like the Bears too. I just think I'm saving so much salary at other positions. I can actually afford to pay up for defense this week. But uh, in spots where I do have some uh, some salary concerns, I think the Bears are a great play. Uh, another cheap one is Donnie said the Rams at home against Carson Palmer. What is this price? Why are they 2600 That game's in London, good friend. Wow. All right. Well, that explains it a little bit better. <laughs> I came in prepared this week, guys. So, uh, yeah, I, this one's not even on the main slate. But, yeah, if you are going to play the Thursday slate, which I'm going to be doing a lot of tonight, uh, the Rams are a great play regardless of where the game is. Carson's been sacked 21 times already this season. Uh, if he is playing from behind, he could force some throws, and we know what happens in those situations. And then I like the Miami Dolphins against the New York Jets. Dolphins defense has really come together as a unit. They haven't allowed more than 20 points in a single game this season. Uh, our boy, Cade, Josh, McNown, McCown, uh, he's been sacked 19 times so far this season. You have to love the matchup here between this Finns D-line and the Jets offensive line. Cameron Wake might just get three, four sacks on Sunday. And I like pairing Miami with Jay Ajayi. My favorite stack of the week is uh, Ajayi in the Miami Dolphins defense. It all comes full circle. That's the stack that you teased at the beginning of the show. And yeah, where I could not pick up, what was the the, the defense du jour? Uh, the Bills, where I, where I did not get the Bills on waivers this week, hosting our good friend, the Powder Keg, coming into town. Uh, I picked up the, Elf- the Dolphins. I think it's a really good spot. Uh, the Jets have played better than expected, but they're certainly not world beaters and they do have concerns up front in that offensive line. And where is Miami the strongest? The front four. Those guys can really eat and could be some big problems for the Jets on Sunday. On the uh, the Rams real quick, uh, I mean, playing at the Coliseum might as well be a neutral field anyway. So it's not like... <laughs> that is true. It's not like it's going to have any bearing on the results in the game. So that is the DFS podcast. I feel I feel good. We uh we had some some crossover, which makes me feel like our processes are aligned, which is always fun. Uh, if you guys have any last second questions, season long questions, you guys can tweet at these gentlemen at Brett Colson, C O L S O N, and at Donnie underscore Peters. I'm at Rich T Ryan. Don't forget to send your super contest selections to us at Gridiron Gamble or to Gridiron Gamble podcast at gmail.com and we'll be back tomorrow to give you our super contest selections coming off of a winning three and two week hopefully we can keep the momentum enjoy the football tonight enjoy the day peace out